Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to sport our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. I've never been in jail. I won't make it. They always prey on the weak and the innocent. 
The others will taunt me for trying to excel at my work in the laundry. I'll fall in with a bad crowd whose leader looks like Ethel Merman, and I'll be forced to engineer a daring prison break using my laundry cart. From that time on, I won't know a moment's peace. I'll scar my fingerprints with battery acid, and I'll run from town to town taking jobs at people who have got bad grades in school. And then one day, they'll find me, hold up in a little shack in the Louisiana bayou, and a sheriff named Bull will call my name out over a megaphone, and when I make a run for it, he'll riddle my body with bullets. Oh, please don't let them take me downtown. I want to live. I want to live. You're not very good in a crisis, are you, Rose? Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that has been the Saturday Matinee Theater Company <laughs> presenting one of Rose Nyland's most cherished speeches from Golden Girls. We will be talking all things Betty White mm. and all things movies and TV and everything that we are up to these days. Welcome to the next real Saturday matinee. Pleasure to be here. I'm here. Oops. <laughs> I am here with the Dorothy to my Rose, Tommy Metz. That's me. Hello. <laughs> Which makes you, Steve Sarmento, Blanche. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I can... Well, you... I no. I, I okay. You're going to boot me off the show. I've never watched the Golden Girls. Okay, that was it for Steve. He's exactly. Dead. I haven't yeah. either. I she gave me that line. Oh my god. We're your oceans, gentlemen. Yeah. I was. I was going to start with our memories of Betty White. I mean, she is an international icon mm-hmm. and legend, and deserves at least a moment's recognition. Do you have any specific? Memories of her as an actress or philanthropist? Anybody? I do. Uh, she was great on Community. She was on an episode of Community and even joined Troy and Abed in a post-show rap <laughs> that I found very amusing. Does that count? Okay, great. Yes, well, yeah. Nothing from Mary Tyler Moore show? Nope. Or oh, jeez. It's because it's been so long. years as a game show you know, whiz. She was so funny on those game shows. Was she on the match yeah. game? Yes. Then that's then I'll and say that password and everything. Was, yeah. was she in the movie Malignant? Because <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Guys, no, I'm really shocked. Sorry. No, 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 I mean Mary Tyler Moore's show. It's been a long, long time since I've seen mm-hmm. that. But no, she is definitely a, a beloved. You know, I don't. I'm a, I'm a beloved American. I don't want to categorize her in like pigeonhole her into one thing. She was just, uh, you know, fabulous, and it, it is a, a tremendous loss. You know, her career spans decades and extreme talent and philanthropy and all of those things. So yes, no, we do need to to pause and reflect on on this 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 loss i mean yes yes, exactly and it really is the end of an era i mean there are none of those old broads left anymore and i don't mean just golden girls i mean mary tyler moore show and right yeah you know all of the 70s and 80s old older funny ladies are gone now or carol burnett's still with us thank god yes yes she is it um yeah, I I'm a, I'm a tremendous fan and Golden Girls nut. And what I think is so amazing about Betty White is that she played Sue Ann Nivens on the Mary Tyler Moore show, who was slutty and sarcastic and manipulative, manipulative and wonderful. And then she played Rose on Golden Girls, who was innocent and completely childlike and naive. 
And then the end of her career, she did that show Hot in Cleveland where she was much more herself. Mm. And she was just like sassy and funny and grounded. And it was exciting. It was a mark of her talent that she could really embody these three women. And they were vastly, vastly different. And I think she was remarkable. And she owned a giant killer uh, crocodile in Lake Placid. Says Brian. Says yes, Brian did. Blake in the Discord chat. I had forgotten about that. That's my yes, speed. Yep. Uh huh. No, that's um, and that speaks to her just her her skills and her talent to be able to play a variety and then even in in genres to to go from TV to movies and then to do something in like Lake Placid. You know, I remember her on you know that '70s show as well of just being able to. I don't know, just move in between genres and just be, I guess, herself to a certain extent. And it wasn't like, oh, she had to be this chameleon to be it. She just people knew what you got with her. And that was that who she was. And it, it just always worked. Yeah, she she's really and, you know, she was a pioneer in television in the 50s. They gave her yeah. her own show. This was I mean, she's just um, truly remarkable. Yes. So. A life well lived. Thank you, Betty. Yeah. Thank you for being our friend. <laughs> so um, what have you guys been watching? I've been on a total Betty White retrospective watching reruns. But what have you guys been watching? I can go first. I'm very I've been watching Yellow Jackets. I got two months of showtime for two dollars a month. I don't remember where I got that. I think I'm stealing it. And I'm watching Yellow Jackets, which is a are you guys familiar with that show at all? Probably not because it's on Showtime. I've heard I, of it. I know the concept, which does not appeal to me. So I sure, it. it's a mix of Lost. But the actors do, and it's a mix of Lost and uh, Lord of the Flies, where a girl's yeah. uh, uh, sports team uh, crashes on some sort of mysterious island, and things go poorly. I'm really enjoying Isn't it, it. Soccer. What's that? Isn't it soccer? Yeah, I'll go with that. That sounds right. Either soccer or yeah. lacrosse. Yeah. And Christina Ricci's and it's in it. Melanie Linsky. Yeah. The girl that was on The Leftovers. And uh, Juliette Lewis is in it. And I think it's really well acted and fun. And there's a huge chance that by the time it ends, I'll be like, well, that didn't go anywhere. But I'm really enjoying it. And then the only other thing that okay. I'm excited about is this week, I think on Friday. Uh, oh, so yesterday when this comes out, um, Search Party, the final season <laughs> of Search Party will be coming on um, HBO Max. Have you guys watched HBO. any of Search Party? I've watched the first two or three seasons, and then everyone said, don't watch the fourth, it goes off the rails. I still love right? it, but it does third? get very dark. So I'm okay. not sure it'll be your so cup of tea. we are a season behind. Correct. But I still but I loved the first two. love it, and I think John Early is a national treasure. So I'm excited to wrap that up uh, starting this week. Great. Okay, adding things to my list because I'm still catching up on so many things. Golden Girls. <laughs> no, so I. <laughs> sure. Okay. Jeez Louise. Uh, <laughs> no, I finally caught up. My wife and I finally caught up on White Lotus. You know, had a. Oh, great, so good. Yeah. Yes. Great. Binging that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. The guy from uh, whole, Sopranos is going to be in the second season. Michael Imperioli. Yes, yep. Yes, I saw they just uh, they announced that. Uh, and then we did a whole, like, you know, binged on our sci fi on whatever Apple with uh, Foundation and did that. And then I've just been trying to stay up with what are the movies that are getting lots of good buzz at the end of the year. So I've been looking at streaming services and catching up with things like Nicolas Cage and. 
Pig, mm-hmm. uh, Power of the wow. Dog over on Netflix, mm-hmm. and then got out, uh, did my birthday binge uh, right around Thanksgiving, French Dispatch, and Come On, Come On. Oh, how is Come On, Come On? Come On, Come It. It is no. It's oh, wonderful. Oh. It warms my heart. It is. It no. It was great. It's I. I. It seems like it's been forgotten in the mix of things, which makes me really, really sad because it is a, a different t- side of of Joaquin Phoenix, which is nice to see. And it's it's Mike Mills. It's you know. Right. It's just this great film. And then uh, Licorice Pizza got out to see that. Oh, uh, how's that? Shortly after Christmas, it's 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 P. T. Anderson doing a little nostalgia cool. of things, and it is. It's not plot heavy, you know, it's just like, here's things that happen to these two people, but it, this is why I don't watch trailers. It's why I don't watch trailers yeah. because I'm waiting for these moments that were in the trailer and they're not in the movie. And I'm like, Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm just like, dang it. That's why I shouldn't watch these trailers. But, uh, no, two great leads carrying that movie. And it's definitely, you know, if you are expecting a, uh, if you want a movie with plot, that's going to, you know, carry you with major conflict. This is not your type of movie. It's really about these two characters and their relationship and the ups and downs of that. You can sort of uh, tell it's going to be a it. ramble like with the trailer which i did see that it's just sort of gonna be and then yes. this and then this was also happening in the 70s and then some other things the end yes yeah yes. but i like that. uh brian you're exactly right i did think a lot about once upon a time in hollywood very mm. similar feel to that where it's this you're in this era there's things going on uh yeah and then it's and a it, bloodbath there, except there's no bloodbath <laughs> in this one no no bloodbath oh. in this one so that's so i've been tr- that's sort of my my scramble through the end of the year i still have a few other things i'm going to try to to see if i can catch on streaming services and all that. There's a lot of stuff that are showing up on lists that's like not released yet and all that, which is another thing that really frustrates me. These critics are like, this is the best movie of the year. I have, it's not even, it's, it's not even in theaters, not like, Oh, it's only playing at like one theater in, in LA. It's like, no, they're not even here in the States. You had to have been at, Oh, well, sorry. I couldn't make it to the Venice film festival to see that movie with you that you're raving about. uh, I mean, you gotta go, Steve. It's wonderful. Yes, I know. (laughs) I know. Next, next time you and me talk, Mandy, we'll, we'll, you know, Toronto, Venice, we'll just, we'll do the the tour. Yeah. Get the gondola ready. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask about I I myself have not seen it, but Don't Look Up is getting a lot of a lot oh, of yes, fire and a lot of love. And I wanted to ask you guys if you've seen it. That's the other one. I forgot to put that on my list. Yes, I did. That was because that was in theaters and then Netflix like Christmas Eve or something like that. Because I guess right. they thought when families get tired of talking to each other, let's watch a movie about the end of the world sure why not (laughs) yes i was warned by my very loving wonderful best friend meg not to see the movie because it would trigger all of my anxieties Mm. so i'm not gonna see it (laughs) it's an anxious movie and it's also it's very um based in satire of frustration like you're following Mm -hmm. characters who are the only people that are speaking the truth and they're surrounded by the worst of humanity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that can be, it's you're sort of hitting your head against a wall the whole time. I still really liked it. Um, and uh, we saw it actually when friend of the show, Darnell Dash Smith was in town for his turbocation. We actually saw it in the theater. It's, Funny and it's smug and it's overlong and it's a lot of, you know, Adam McKay is not a subtle director. 
in any way or about his stuff. So it's kind of just screaming the same idea at you. But I was really impressed by the amount of different things he had takes on that it is satirical in different ways. And then Mm -hmm. for Leonardo DiCaprio's character really does undergo an interesting transition at one point. So I enjoyed it overall. I was glad to see it. Oh, good. I'm I'm in the same place. Yeah. I'm in the same place with that. There was, there's a lot going on. There's a lot that's really right up front, just hilarious. You know, it's that whole you know, tragedy, comedy, writing that fine line like, oh, this man falls and slips on a banana peel. That's funny. Oh, he's 85 years old. Oh, that's a horrible tragedy that you can <laughs> quickly switch from one to the other. And this film rides that line. And there's a lot, I think, that uh, if you think about it, there's there's some things where I thought, OK, what's going on with this? We have a whole thing with with Leonardo DiCaprio as the scientist that then becomes this media figure and has this relationship with uh, Kate Blanchett, who's playing like uh, entertainment news figure. And I thought, well, what's going on with this? And I thought, no, this is commentary on that whole lure of celebrity of here's this scientist and it's like now all of a sudden oh i can i can be on tv and i'm in with these people and he's cheating on his wife it's like there's that lure of that Mm -hmm. of now you're in that bubble and i thought okay it's a little maybe a little too subtle for some people Hmm. i don't know or maybe i'm reading too much into it i don't know but it's a film that i think people should see and have a laugh have a cry the the whole thing with all the memes and stuff that happen after after they have their first you know on air segment and then get told like well you know <laughs> it, it bombed so you're done in the news cycle forget it mm-hmm. uh, everybody cares more about these this you know singer getting engaged and all that uh but just the memes that came out i i was crying i was laughing so hard at some of this Mm -hmm. and it was it was what i needed uh to you know to to balance out some of the the darkness that's also in there yeah well so you both liked it yeah yeah and i'm glad it exists I'm glad it's out yeah. there because we need, while he, there is a lot of sugar uh, in it, there's also a lot of rage in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. unfortunately, someone we need said, some of that. Like, so, uh, someone I heard say, you know, make a documentary. Don't make this. And I was like, well, he has. Leo has made documentaries. Right. Yes, and, he has. And he's <laughs> communicating to a different audience by making a satire. Right. So I applaud taking the same message and, you know, trying to mask it in a different uh, costume and send it out in a different way. More people will see this. Agreed. So. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, and I've heard, I've seen online some people being critical of it saying, well, okay, you're bringing up these, these issues, but you don't provide an answer to that. Like what, mm-hmm. what should we do? And I, I think back to like Dr. Strangelove, the whole cold war, that satire, which was like, this is ridiculous. We're going to blow up the world. And it didn't posit an answer. It just basically said, it's so ridiculous. How do you even yeah. start on this? But we've got to be we've got to be aware of it. And then maybe right. we can, you know, start thinking about it. It's not like a documentary of here's this problem and here's here's the actions we need to take. Donate right. here. C- call here. This is people. We are in a mess and we've got to really if we can't we have to laugh at it because it's so ridiculous. But we have to start really thinking about why we're in this ridiculous situation. Why we, why we have a president who had a trophy on her desk. And I had to pause and see, Tommy, you may have missed this in the theater because there are a lot of quick cuts when they're in that, that Oval mm-hmm. Office of pictures of the president with different people. And there's one that's this like award. And I paused it. It was a Webby Award for a, a short film <laughs> from 2015 <laughs> that she had starred in. That's funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, 
I do want to, while this is a show mourning the loss of Betty White, I also want to mention Peter Bogdanovich died. Yeah. Yes, he did. And, and I myself am not, I'm not like a huge fan. I've seen a couple of these movies, but Steve, if you want to. Yeah, talk about I, his legacy. I don't, I don't know that everybody. There's a lot of people that are like huge fans of his work because he he sort of had his moment in the 70s and then sort of I don't know almost became a caricature of himself mm. near the end as the erudite you know film scholar uh, genius. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I, I think it's you know you look at his filmography. I remember uh, back in high school working in the video store. Uh, and it was uh, the last picture show finally came out on VHS because it was this film that was not available and it was on I'm getting into movies and I'm hearing all these things about this, you know, amazing movie. And finally it shows up on, you know, VHS. And I think like a year or two later, his sequel, Texasville, whatever came out, that was a tr- mm-hmm. tremendous flop. But mm-hmm. I think, you know. Still, you know, Paper Moon, um, you know, a film that has, and I think we still have the record here, if I read right, of Tatum O'Neill still being the youngest mm-hmm. actress to to win an she Oscar at, I believe, at yeah. 10. So I think, you know, somebody that definitely contributed uh, at his peak and is an important figure. Uh, he was affiliated and associated with like Orson Welles and, you know, a lot of bringing that uh, auteur criticism out of like auteur, looking yeah. yes that that type of thing to the to the front of being that scholar and, and talking about these filmmakers and looking at, at their careers as something i think that he really is uh you know known for for contributing to that type of conversation and, and looking at those films maybe not the strongest filmmaker across the board but definitely an important figure in the history of film and not a nice husband and father now you mentioned texasville which is a sequel that did not go over well. Right. And Rob suggested we talk about The Matrix Resurrection is the kind of film that will go down in cult history because it is so laughably bad. Now, I, of course, have not seen it. Have either of you seen it? And do you want to comment? I saw it. I saw it. And... I no, it, I uh, did not... It, uh, it's not... It, uh, you, go ahead, Tommy. <laughs> Uh, you want me to go first? I was really, yeah. I was really happy. It is, it is kind okay. of a mess, but I love being back in that world. It gets a lot of things right. It gets a lot of things wrong, but it's not so. I just, I didn't find it at all so laughably bad. Uh, wow. I, it's really sort of a lot of fun. There, it misses huge things. I don't want to talk about it too much because there's a chance we're doing a film board on it that I am on this weekend. Oh. It's unclear right. if that is official or not. But uh, I can say one thing. The action is really kind of poorly done. One of the big things that, oh. the, that the first three Matrixes did were these really sort of wide, long cuts. And Steve, I don't know, do you agree that this was filmed more like 90s action, like kind of close up and a lot of cuts? Mm-hmm. It was, it was, the yes. action was so much lazier than oh, in a world where yeah. John Wick now just has, he's doing his obvious own stunts, these huge long takes. You just can't really get away with that. So that was weird. I wonder if uh, Lana's sister was the one that was more into the designing of some of the, um, you know, action. But still, I really had a lot of fun. Oh, more like, I'm oh, sorry, you know I said 90s, more like 2000s style. Brian helped uh, clarify. Yes. <laughs> what, do we know why the sisters didn't make this together? Or is that something I just need to Google? And I thought that I don't, the one that wasn't Lana just didn't really ever have any interest in it. Oh, okay. 
and the yeah, studio I, was I going. Don't know there's a lot. Yeah, about it. I know that. I mean, I read a little bit, you know, and it, again, it's there's always different stories around things because I heard, you know, oh, the, you know, Warner Brothers was going to make this no matter what. So, you know, whether the Wachowskis were involved or not, they were going to do it. I, I read another story of, oh, I had a because uh, their their father passed away and so then it was a oh, right. had a dream about about neo and trinity and oh here's the story that i need to tell um so it was a more personal thing i i don't know what the real answer is you know there's mm-hmm. all kinds of there's there's a lot of ideas in there um it's not as strong as the first one i think the action greatly contributes to that it's this is really a shift in story to more about character and the relationship between Neo and Trinity. And the love story is really satisfying for me. Yes, exactly. And in a way that I was not expecting, I don't remember caring about their love story that much. And it turns out I very much do. (laughs) It was fun. They, they built, they built that into this. And, uh, yeah, Brian, the stunt team for the original trilogy, uh, Yes, that's what I was wondering. Like, wasn't involved. Who is the stunt choreographer? You know, you could tell this was a lot, the way it was shot, the way it was choreographed, all that just wasn't on par with that. But to me, that wasn't the strength of the movie. And if those action scenes, sequences had been stronger, I don't know that it would have made me enjoy it that much more. There's, it, it was... It's it's middling. And I, I was, I enjoyed it. I had a big smile on my face. I like the way it starts. Mm-hmm. The ending, I think, is satisfying. There's some ups and downs throughout the middle, and and leave it at that because this movie was never going to be able to live up to all the all the expectations. I mean, we learned that with the second and third one, you you come out of the gate with something really strong and innovative, and then you, you know it's like the sophomore album, right? You're never going to live up to to that freshness because there's expectations already. Uh, have you heard my sophomore album? Nice. No, I haven't. It's called so. Sophomore, and it's is awesome. It- <laughs> Every track is a banger. Yeah. <laughs> it slaps. I agree. It slaps. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. I, I feel educated, and now I really don't have to see any of those movies. So thank <laughs> no. you. <You're> <laughs> okay. Should we go and talk about our trailers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's do that. Steve. Steve. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. How I did it. dare you get in there before <laughs> oh, me? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. with a bullet. I, 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 well, here's the thing. I sort of cheated uh, because normally I like wait to like, what, what's the trailer that just drops on like Wednesday or something like that? What's the mm-hmm. newest trailer? And typically that's because like, oh, it's a movie that's going to be coming out, all of that. I cheated. I did a trailer that had dropped a while ago, but this is for a film that has a unique release schedule and I wanted to have conversations about this movie because it's a potential that it will be coming to people soon. So even though the trailer's older, uh, I wanted to talk about it. And this is a little film called Memoria. Yes. Trimmed into a head to release bad spirits. Why am I bringing up this old trailer now? It's because it is now getting into theatrical release. Sort of. (laughs) It has a unique release schedule, and I believe we may have, I may have brought this up on a sat mat back in the fall. Um, this film is going to uh, only play in one theater at a time. 
around the world. So it had its first U.S. release. It played the IFC Theater, IFC Center in New York City, uh, like Christmas through New Year's. And now it's going to go on a cross-country tour, basically playing one week at this theater in this town and then move to another theater. And so there will never be a streaming release. This, the only way to see it will be when it comes to a theater near you for that one week. Good and luck, this will, Memoria. This will be its perpetual <laughs> release schedule. It is, it's a film that's showing up on a lot of uh top films of the year list, which is why I wanted to bring it up so that people are aware of it because I don't know what the release schedule is and wanted to let people know, keep an eye out for it now. It may be there in a couple weeks. It may be in a couple months, but put it on your list to keep an eye out on. Uh, Can you tell is, us the director's name? I dare you. Yeah, I am not even going to try to pronounce it's all a, the letters. A, 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 to, to, <laughs> no, I'm not. I am not going to do this. Um, no, but what did you guys think of the trailer? Tilda Swinton. It's certainly Irina's. not one of those trailers that you're like, well, I know the whole movie. I know nothing. I feel like I know less know about nothing. the movie. And this yes. will be a weird one to play during this podcast because there's like no talking. It's just a bunch of noises. There's no dialogue. It's, yeah. yeah. It actually reminded me a little bit of a film like, Ky- I always get it wrong, Kaya, Kayana Scotsy. Oh, kind of Scott. Yes. The, tri- the, the trilogy. The trilogy. Yeah. Kind of Scotty, yes, thank you. Exactly. Uh, it's not COVID. Uh, yeah. Kind of Scotty, which is a wordless, plotless film, but all based around images and sound, sort of getting across oh. a. Ver- Shoot me. <laughs> not for you. <laughs> not for me. I'm wondering how much of that is because the whole trailer ends with just sort of a long shot looking out windows while I think someone maybe listens to a radio. <laughs> Either way, the yes. sound, I'm fascinated by sound. And so I. I'm interested in it. Uh, yes, it's, yeah. it's all about sound because the, the plot summary is a woman from Scotland while traveling in Colombia begins to notice strange sounds. Soon she begins to think about their appearance. That's all I know. Okay. Yes, she's, okay. she's hearing something, trying to identify what the source of this mysterious sound is. I read a blurb that said maybe she ha- she develops like psychic power or, or oh. supernatural power or something. Oh. But... The trailer was, I thought, very intriguing, yes. and it made me feel like there's going to be a jump scare. There's going to be a jump scare, <laughs> and then there wasn't, but I liked that. I liked feeling on edge. Right. Yeah. But I would never see this movie. Like, I don't want two hours of like, uh, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, and then nothing does. So I will not see it, but I actually thought it was a well-done trailer. This entire episode is just a list of things you would never see. That's right. That's, it's true. that's well. No, okay. your trailer's so coming up. We're, My bad. We're gonna we're gonna, re, we're gonna rename this episode. We're gonna yeah. We can just rebrand Sat Matt. You know things that Mandy won't watch. We can yeah. Yeah. That could be our sure the uh, thing for the next list challenge. The the oh. least oh. Mandiest oh. film oh. possible. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it. I love it. If you could pick the movie oh. that. Oh is the God. most so least thing movies. that you would ever see. Yes. <laughs> and there are so many movies that are like, you know, standard issue. Everybody's seen right. them. Right. You just yeah. like, you're, you're not a human being unless you've seen Jurassic Park. Well, I never have. Right. Weird. So, hey, stop yeah. giving them ideas. Stop giving them ideas. <laughs> um, okay. okay. So speaking of movies that I won't see, mm. we have my trailer. Yes. <laughs> okay. Which I saw... I did go see West Side Story, which I loved, and there was a trailer for this movie, and I wanted to like it. I wanted to be moved to go see it, 
but I am not. And then I found this. It's a different version of the trailer, which inched me more towards seeing it, but has not yet. This is a musical adaptation of the classic Cyrano, starring Peter Dinklage and Haley Bennett, directed by Joe Wright. My sole purpose on this earth is to love Roxanne. Does she know? The world will never accept someone like me and a tall, beautiful woman. We have no money. A clever marriage is your only option. I won't be rescued. I'm not in distress. Love, does that mean nothing to you? Children need love. Adults need money. I need something to die for. Write poems and cry for. And I won't be ashamed. I'd give anything for someone to say that they can't live without me. to make. I am madly in love. Perhaps he feels the same. But I've never actually spoken to him. Of your love? Of anything. <laughs> he is Christian. Christian Nubilet. He's a new recruit in your regiment. Of course he is. A woman like Roxanne wants wit, romance, poetry. I don't know how to speak romantically. I am a poet. My words upon your lips. I will make you romantic. Will you make me handsome? She loves me! I Like you do in your letters. You are a beautiful flower. I am not a flower. I need more. Wait, I'm fascinated. Why? Why isn't this all up in your business? I thought this would be a hundred percent a movie you'd like to see. Well, I do have one complaint right mm. away. Peter Dinklage is madly in love with a child in this movie. Oh. Haley Bennett. <laughs> I think she's probably in her early thirties, but she looks fourteen, yes, and it's she a very does. disturbing yeah. match. It's really like, wait, he, he's in love with his great niece? Like, it's yeah. it's a crazy age difference. And I find that okay. just blood curdling. And then it just, it doesn't have any energy. This whole movie's like, I can't. Yes, you can. Okay. Like, there's no hmm. energy to this trailer. There's nothing that you're like, oh, yeah, like, look at that dance number. Or, oh, listen to that song. There's nothing. The song that they have her sing while gazing wanly out a window is so boring. Mm. So <laughs> the fact that it's a musical doesn't lure me. Okay. And then just on a personal note, it makes me nervous that Peter Dinklage's wife wrote this. And but but it's based it, on it's, their show. It was an off-Broadway show that then went to Broadway. It has legs. Like it's been around for a long okay. time where he played the lead in it. Cuz that's that's oh, okay. a friend of the show Johnny GD Jackaloni's friend Erica. Yeah. 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 I love the idea of Peter Dinklage as Cyrano. Yeah. I love it. It's just a wonderful casting idea. But this movie doesn't get me excited. Fair enough. And it's not they, the release is for those who are like excited by it and they want to see it. There's no actual release date, it looks like, because it was supposed to come out and then it came out for a minute. And then now Omicron is pushing it and it's it's very murky. They even had and to cancel the uh, premieres. The New York the and Los Angeles oh. premiere were both canceled because of COVID. I feel really bad yeah. when when films fall prey to that. So, yeah. Oh, but what did you guys think? 
Uh, I'm excited because I like, I love Peter Dinklage in that role. And I think it's been a while. I didn't see Bridgerton. So it's been a while since I've been in a period piece. Um, and every once in a while I like to go back to those. So, uh, I'm interested. And it also made me want to rewatch Roxanne. I wonder if that holds yeah, up. I love Roxanne. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I want to watch Roxanne. This movie feels like it's from the early nineties hmm. for some reason. Like this was a movie that would have been made then like this type of period, maybe not as a musical, but I feel like, Oh, here's a film. Let's take a piece of literature. We'll make a movie out of it. A bunch of like theater teachers, will assign it to their kids to go see it in theaters and they'll go see it and then they'll talk about adapting a play or whatever into a film and all that but there's nothing that's a big draw for me in this I'm like I feel like yeah I would watch that as an assignment and would go oh yeah that's okay but I don't (laughs) there's no yeah even when this you're right Mandy when the songs break out I'm like oh this is interesting it's a musical but I it didn't have that energy of like this is going to be a huge spectacle i can't wait to see it it's right yeah yeah right wait for streaming and watch it while uh saturday afternoon as i'm folding laundry is what i'll what'll happen with this one planning ahead especially following up you know with with our releases of in the heights Mm, and hamilton and west side story those are just powerful lush musicals they're not you know i had my issues with in the heights but like but those numbers just you i i couldn't wait to see them and then i saw them and i couldn't wait to rewind them and watch them again Mm. and we knew that from the trailer and from this trailer it doesn't have any of that appeal interesting yep good luck Tommy. <laughs> hey. Good luck, Sarah. Good luck, Sarah. No. Uh, good luck, Memoria. <laughs> and good luck to uh, <laughs> Veronica Mars because she stars in this movie. No, it's not a movie. It's a series on Netflix. Um, you know, we went through a whole uh, reign of films where the women would drink too much or have a case of the pillsies or a case of the outside scaredies. And this is... Unreliable narrators. Unreliable narrators. <laughs> unreliable yes. white female narrators that love looking out yeah. windows, whether they be trains or houses. This is a satirical series of that called The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Uh, hi, I'm Anna. Hi. The truth is that I drink a lot, and sometimes I mix it with pills. And I'm here because I woke up this morning convinced I'd witnessed a murder. Someone has been murdered. They said you saw a murder. She is batshit crazy. I'm not crazy. (laughs) Someone's gotta believe me. And she has a serious drinking problem. No. Okay. Look at that knife out of my face. Can you stop telling people that I have a drinking problem? You know, I used to feel bad for you. But I do not feel bad for you anymore, and I will not pray for you anymore. Carol. If they won't be the detectives, then I will. Mind if I ask you a few questions? You a reporter? Yes. Then why aren't you recording this? I don't know why I held my breath. Um, I don't know about this. The trailer isn't necessarily that funny, and I'm wondering if all the murders or only murders in the building has stolen some of this is um, kind of make fun about true crime 
or crime uh, series. I'm not exactly sure. I really wished I thought the trailer was funnier, but I do love the amount of drinking that she does because yes. that is really oh such a, uh, a, a big part of these. And I think there's room for it. I like the idea of uh, making fun of these kind of things. And I hope that they really have written a mystery within a mystery. Does this hold any interest for you guys? I feel like this was written and made for me. Okay, I, I found it. I finally the found it. of one. Everything about this appeals to Great. me, except the trailer. Right. Like, I, so I saw a shorter form trailer that was much funnier. And oh, it was good. much more of her dropping casseroles. And then they mention, like, this woman sees things and drops a lot of casseroles. <laughs> and, like, they, it's so, it they leaned into had it. had a funnier yeah. edge. Even though after that, one minute trailer teaser, I guess I was a little confused. Like, is it satirical or is it a mystery? I'm glad to know it's both. Yeah. And I cannot yeah. wait to see yeah. it, but I just don't think this trailer highlights the humor enough. I agree with you. They're they, the, the, the um, makers of it have come out saying that they're not just like, it's not just spoofing that genre that they do have love right. for it. And so I feel like maybe that's why it's, there is a little bit of uh, tightrope walking. In this trailer, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I hopefully they really do, uh, to use my own phrase again, lean into it because it is absurd. <laughs> and there's really, it can yeah. get into Karendom, and I know that that's an overdone topic, but it can get into, if it wants to, it can get into a lot of things. And I really hope that yeah. they do write a good mystery, which will be fun. Yes, I was so thankful this wasn't like the you know, whatever scary movie, not another teenage right. movie type of ridiculous mm -hmm. spoof that just goes for easy, just obvious jokes that it, it's, it's got a smarter edge to it, but it's, it's playing off of those tropes. But yeah, I, I sense because I was surprised. I thought, Oh no, this is taking it straight. It's not playing it for the laughs. It's yeah, there's some ridiculous in here, but it's just leaning into that in a way. And Tommy, I think you're right. Only murders in the building. It, it has that mm -hmm. type of, of, you know, being aware of a genre. It. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I'm intrigued to see where this this goes to see. And again, this is what a limited series or something mm -hmm. on Netflix. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, OK, we'll see. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how this plays out. When does it come out? One twenty-eight. The one stands for January. January twenty-eighth on Netflix, <laughs> and yeah. and I'm overjoyed to have found something that Mandy's finally gonna watch. <laughs> I know, but I'm gonna like I'm gonna run, not walk. Yeah. That is, I've been yeah. waiting for that. I saw that teaser a few weeks oh, ago, good. and I've been waiting for okay. it. Okay, so and I love Kristen Bell. Yeah, me too. Oh, I just yes. think she's appealing and funny and really talented, and so. And a perfect choice for something like this. Yes. Hooray! Oh, look at that. And this brings us to my favorite part of any evening, any matinee. Oh, boy. Games. Games! 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 Guys, I designed this game before I realized neither one of you is familiar with the Golden Girls. Uh-oh. <laughs> So this is just going to be work. an exercise. In, it is a team game, oh, you guys are okay. playing together. And the name of this game is Betty, B or Me. Oh. I have quotes. <laughs> like coffee to your Some of me? them were said by Betty White. Okay. Some of them were said by B. Arthur. Okay. Oh. Some of them were said by me. In what context? Just in your life or in on this show? I just wrote it for the game. Got it. Okay. Oh, okay. so it's just original... 
Okay. Just stuff I've come up with. Now, here's here's the thing. I this is not characters. This is not Betty on Golden Girls. Oh. It's Betty in interviews, Betty in speeches, oh. B it, okay. on the fly. So these are not like character things. These are the actual women. Okay. They're B. Arthur, not Dorothy or Ma. Okay. Make sense? Okay. Yes. yes. And we're both okay. playing together. Yes. You are going to get to discuss. You are each other's phone a friend. <clears throat> and then you can uh, decide together if it's Betty B. or me. <laughs> really, I just like okay. the title. We don't have to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will start with I'm a health nut. My favorite food is hot dogs with french fries. And my exercise, I have a two-story house and a very bad memory, so I'm up and down those stairs. I have a vote. Okay. How do, should we do this, Steve? Okay. No, I, th- I think we should talk through this because what, what are you thinking? Because I, I know I'm, I'm thinking Betty White because I just read an article about her at some after awards ceremony party down in a hot dog and, with, and vodka or something. Oh. So I think hot dog, I think Betty White, but... That's that's a bit of a stretch unless you've got something else. I was going to say Mandy. Oh. <laughs> Mandy, Mandy lives in a two-story house, but she doesn't have a bad memory. No, she doesn't. All right, I'll go with I'll go with you. I'll go with uh, Betty. Betty. Final answer. Yes. Final answer is Betty. Yeah. Hooray! Woo! Right out of the gate. Outstanding. Okay. Okay, you ready for another one? I'm an old gay man trapped in a middle-aged lady's body. Okay. (laughs) Mandy. I'm going to say Mandy 100%. You're going to say Mandy? You don't think that's a B. Arthur type of thing? I don't know. Mandy is so... She's gay, so- man. <laughs> like all of the stuff, <laughs> all of the things, the show tunes, the everything. Um, I I'm going to vote okay. for Mandy, but I don't. But I want to hear your reasoning because I I honestly don't I feel don't like have- I know anything about B. Arthur. I think until just now, I thought B. Arthur was Aunt B on the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> so I am out of my depth. So wait, you don't know you don't know Maud at all no, and all of that no. stuff with her. her because well, what was it? It was the late mid to late seventies, and uh, the controversy was her character. She was a woman in her forties having an abortion in an episode, and it was like oh, a scandal. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, Tommy, you got to get up to date on your things. Up to date on so, Maud. Up to date. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> up to date, Steve. Up to date. I'm going to need your final answer. You're out of time. Okay, uh, so I'll say uh, I'll go with uh, you. You know your Mandy really well. I'd say we'll go with Mandy. Mandy. Of course. Hooray! Of course okay. It's me. Okay. Uh, right, I had to say middle aged yeah. because that's accurate, right. but I consider myself a young adult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's say if I didn't have an audience, I couldn't function. That sounds like BA to me. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. You guys are three for three. Three for oh, three. Wow. Oh, yes. All right. Let's call it done. We're good. All right. <laughs> Just a few more. Okay. okay. We're good. They say blondes have more fun. I say shut up and pass the vodka. Oh. Oh, see, there's Betty and her vodka again. Sure. But she was I'm gonna blonde, say, I'm gonna... wasn't she? Wait, but Mandy's blonde. Think... Is B. Arthur blonde? I don't know who B. Arthur is. B. Arthur's gray. 
Hmm. I'm going to leave this in your capable hands, Stephen. I'm going to say Betty White on this one. I love it. That was me. <laughs> no. All right. But Betty and I are both blondes, and okay. Betty and I both drink fuck. Got it. Okay. Okay. My mother always used to say, the older you get, the better you get, unless you're a banana. Oh, I don't care for that. Wait, I'm going to say. You don't, you don't care for old bananas? I don't know. The older you get. What was the last one? The last one was Mandy. That sounds like something yeah. Mandy's mother would actually say. But that's not an option on our list, Tommy. It's not Betty B and Mandy and Mandy's mom. That's a good point. Unless you think she's turning, unless you're saying Mandy's turning into her mother. Well, she said, no, the she quote said, is, my mother, my mother always, always used to oh, say. Oh, my mother said, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not just going rogue. I come on, Tommy. You usually do. So That's a good point. It's not. I'm, I'm not a good listener today. Uh, your mother always said, "Yeah." But I have trouble thinking that Mandy would put herself twice in a row. Twice in a row. So I'm gonna think it's uh, Betty. Yes, I support that. And we're just sort of doing like SAT, like trying to figure out the test yeah, just makers. Random, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's serving you well. That was Betty. Hey! Right. God, we're brilliant. Yeah. In my head, I'm the ultimate cougar, animal lover that I am. That's Betty White, right? It wasn't she isn't you guys yes. kept talking about oh, her yeah. philanthropy. No. Wasn't she a big animal yes, person? She was, yes, she was. Yes. Good call, Tom. All right. I hope. But that's two Bettys in a row. Boy, boy. Yeah. All right. She's trying to shake it up on us. That's all. Yeah. We will go with Betty. You are correct. Ah, what can't we do? You guys are very I know, it's very Good. Uh, it's very good. Okay. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, that's that word. That's words. that wordsmith we know and love. <laughs> I don't care for cheesecake. Oh, wait. I, does Mandy like cheesecake? Did, have you I seen Mandy know eat this. cheesecake, Tommy? Come on. I know she likes cheese. Did you provide cheesecake at craft services there. On, I think I remember that Mandy. I know that Mandy loves cheese, but I think. Ironically or famously, she hates cheesecake. This is a tough okay. hill to die on, but I'm going to die. That sounds it. very familiar to me. So I that's my vote. Steve, what say you? Well, I don't know Mandy's eating habits, so I'm going <laughs> to ride along with you on this one. I'm going to we, we say Mandy. I hate cheesecake. This was this was B. Arthur. Oh, no. Oh. Well, can it be because both? they ate cheesecake on the Golden Girls. Many, like, that was their oh. thing. They ate cheesecake. Oh, and she somebody cheesecake. asked her about it, and she was like, I don't I don't care for cheesecake. Oh. But I, we get sort of little but points for, for the part. fact that it also goes for you. I love that you know that about okay. me. That makes me, yes, you make me feel See. like a natural yep. woman. Okay, last one. I never understood why people think women aren't funny. I can make my butt cheeks talk with the best of them. I only have one thing to say, Steve, and then because I blew the last one, I'd like to leave it in your hands. Yeah. I kind of feel like she would end with a Betty. Don't you think? Because of all she said is yes, the word Betty I, White I over agree. and over again. I, I agree with that. I'm, but I'm just going to ask, has, have you ever seen Mandy make her butt cheeks talk? All the time. Is that, is, <laughs> all the time. How do you think she drinks martinis? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, I think, I don't think that I, I, if she, she would end, she doesn't seem like the kind of person that would end on herself. That's true. Let's go, Betty. I'm going to go with Betty. 
It was me. What? Oh. Person I would end on myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I know you and I There's don't know you. There's a chance my family watched Ace Ventura on New Year's Eve. Uh, oh, I knew that. Queso I, I, yeah. told me that. Oh, that could have been a good context yeah. clue. All right. Good All right, game. You did very, very Thank well. Thank you. you <laughs> we we did you adequately. Were, you did well. And I, it, it really, it was just a test of Tommy's friendship right. and he fa- passed with uh, flying. Hooray. I'm like, I love that he's like, no, I think she doesn't like you famously. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Before we get to our lists. Mm. I need to do a little bit of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Let me tell everybody that if you're not yet a member, but you would like to become one, just head over to thenextreel.com slash membership. The most it'll cost you is $5 per month. Members get access to live streams as we record. Hi, Brian. Early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, access to the super secret member channels and discord, member bonus episodes, and even stickers. Who doesn't like stickers? And... If you're wondering what movies The Next Reel is going to be talking about in the coming weeks and months, you can visit our HQ page on Letterboxd. And there you're going to find a list of all the movies in the 2021-2022 season. And while you're there, Letterboxd is offering a discount to anyone listening to The Next Reel. Just use the code NEXTREEL at checkout and you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to pro or patron with a 20% off discount. This discount also works for renewals. It's amazing that I have that memorized because you know when you get those little floaters on your eyes and you can't see? No, no, you had one of those? I ha- I'm having oh, those no. floaters. And I was like, oh, God, I hope I can keep reading this. So, <laughs> But I, I mean, I wasn't reading. Yeah. That's all off the cuff stuff. Yeah, of course. I am not privy to why this was the topic from last week. Performances that renewed a career. No John Travolta's. <laughs> That was very specific. Yep. Can somebody enlighten me or Ugh. are we just going to launch into our list? Launch. I get just launch. <laughs> launch, it, I, launch it. I listened, but I, I don't remember where that came up from because it probably came up spontaneously, just like our proposed topic of the least mandiest films. So. <laughs> right, right, right. So specific. Well, <laughs> it'll be interesting. Uh, so, Steve. Oh, that's what right. What is your first comeback film? Okay, so I my list is sort of a bit of a mess because I I misinterpreted this at first because I was looking at it in terms of like, well, my first pick I'm going to go with. I think this was sort of a career renewer for this this person. And actually, it was a sequence of two movies that sort of like set the stage of like, no, this person's on a comeback. This is a new this is this is a resurgence here and never quite went beyond those two sort of like yeah maybe was able to get more work and get a decent paycheck uh after starring in striptease and boogie nights uh for burt reynolds you know it was sort of like the 96 oh, like, the, the, right the, uh, burt reynolds part two but i can't think of anything beyond that that was like oh my gosh he was so good in that it was like those two he rode that wave and then it, it faded out again he but famously that's, that's hated boogie nights Right. Oh, I can. Of course he did. He seems like yes. the least pleasant man in the entire world. But that's a great pick. Yes. That's very good. Yeah. I, yeah. That, I think that's right on the money for this topic. Yep. Yes. And that, the rest of them will be a train wreck, but we'll see how, how it goes. Perfect. Mine, of course, is Betty White. Okay. <laughs> so she had really not been working much. Like she was doing guest stars on Community and things like that. And then... Uh, 
she did a movie called The Proposal with Sandra Bullock and Ryan. I saw Nichols. that. That was pleasant. Was she in that? She's adorable in it. It's been a long time it. since I've seen it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She is really adorable in it, but also was very savvy about, like, a, um, she did a lot of interviews where she famously was like, I don't know the big deal about Ryan Reynolds. He's a real ass. Oh, I'm sorry. not not supposed to swear. He's a real jerk. And they had, like, a fake feud going oh, on. Oh, that's fun. And even, like, a couple of days before she died, uh, she made some joke in an interview about, like, he he wants me, but what can I say? I'm on, I'm saving myself for Robert Redford, <laughs> and he responded on Twitter, and then she died a couple of days later. So, oh. but the proposal really, and then people saw that movie, remembered what a gem she is, and campaigned to get her on Saturday Night Live. Oh, and then that's that right. launched her back onto Hot in Cleveland, and really made her this okay. like, you know, very relevant actor again. Yes, wow, definitely. Did I win the list? You did great. That sounds Thank great. You. Yes. <laughs> my, mine is, I'm not exactly sure which one I should do. So kind of like uh, Stephen, I'm going to do both because they both happen relatively. And I know that one came from the other. But this, okay. it is hard to remember that he was not a beloved Hollywood actor, that he was so, people were so scared of him, he couldn't get bonded for so long. But then he got sober, oh, and after making Kiss yeah. Kiss Bang Bang for Shane Black, yes. Robert Downey Jr. then got the lifetime role of Iron Man. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think Kiss Kiss, I would pick Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because I liked it more than Iron Man, and I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but that was just a real rebound for him, and now he's bonded for life. I like hearing you say kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Thank you. Do you know who originally said kiss, kiss, bang, bang? I forget. The movie reviewer, the late, great Pauline Kale. How do you pronounce that, Stephen? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it correct. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That was was it. Okay. I did it. Wow. Steve. Okay. (laughs) Woo. What do I got? I got, I got... Something to pick from. Uh, okay, so when I was looking at this like career renewal, I was like, there's some some actors that just have never found like their their niche of like this is who they are. They may jump around in lots of things. So this next one, I feel like this person's career really became defined after these films and just sort of set their career on a specific trajectory. Where they've, I, for lack of a better term, like now they've become like solely identified with these types of films uh but before before this was sort of like just all over still talented so i would, don't want to say it like renewed their career but it was definitely set things in Ooh, a different I have a tra- tra- trajectory when you you know are on the phone and you say i have yep. a very specific set of skills yep. <laughs> i think liam, ne- liam neeson's career is in a very different place from you look at what he was doing in like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, you know, very, I think, well-respected, talented actor. But now he's like, I'm this action grump guy who just, you know, goes and beats <laughs> the tar out of guy. people. And and that's what he does. Yeah. And I feel like that's, you know, given his career a, a, a boost in that direction. So that's that's my second. So pick. what is like Taken? Taken. taken like, it's it's looking at his filmography. There's this I think it was Taken 2 that really did it. But. Yeah, it's the Taken franchise, I think, that really... The first one was there, then it was like it was like three or four years before the second one, and then it seems like that's when he really started getting those types of roles of like, oh, you're going to be, you know, the, you know, 
the lone gunman against the bad guys. Or so, punching wolves yeah. in the face. Or punching, yes, or punching wolves in the face, yeah. exactly. I don't remember what that, oh, thank you, that was called the Gray, says the gray. Discord. Yes. Thank you, Brian. God, he's fast. <laughs> yeah, he's really fast. Mando. Um, oh, God, I j- not that I wasn't listening to everything Steve was saying about Liam Neeson, but I had, I was trying to figure out who it was, and I had this new answer wash over oh, me, okay. and then I realized this person was also on Golden Girls, <laughs> oh. but he was a legitimate, serious, young male actor in the 50s, and he made, like, romantic comedies, and then he became a dapper older gentleman who made the line, and don't call me Shirley, very, oh, very famous. I yes. am, of course, talking about Leslie Nielsen in Airplane. Oh, how yes. great. That's right. He was in, like, sci-fi movies and stuff. Yes. That's yes. right. And Tammy and the Bachelor. Like, he was Of a, course, Tammy was, and the Bachelor. You know. That was right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing we're friends. I'm sorry. Okay. Cheesecake. <laughs> I'm your cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great pick. I love that. Um... I, for mine, let's see, which one do I want to pick? Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, Steve, pick either one or two. Twelve? Nope, you have to pick one, one or two. two. Yeah. Let's go with one. One. This guy, I think everyone likes him, and it's so glad that he's back, but he really was gone for a long time until he made a sort of joke about playing his biggest role while starring in a movie that, A, hated cuts and loved jazz drums. This would be Michael Keaton in Birdman or The Virtue of Ignorance. Oh. How do we feel about this Ooh. one? Because he never really disappeared, but he also kind of really disappeared. He did. I think he did, and I think it's great. Oh, good. No, I, Thank you. Yes, that's, that, yeah, he's, and now he's, he's like, one that I was, then he did like The Founder, yeah. now he's on Dope Sick, like he's really, yes. Well, he was doing some small, funny roles, but, right, this the other guys and stuff, legitimate but, legitimate career. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, he, oh, God, I he love had, him he, and the other guys. Yeah, he's great. Like his face, it's like his phase three because it was like yeah. he was the goofy comedian and then he did, did serious stuff, but it was never quite got there. But now it seems like, yeah, he's on this like third wave of really solid performances. So, no, that's a yeah. great pick. Oh, good. We approve. Thank you. All right, Steve. OK. Uh, I'll pick two. Does that mean anything? No, I don't think so. No, because I've only got one left. I have a backup, Mm -hmm. but it's a bit of a stretch. So it's hard to say there was a lull in this, you know, actors. And see, this is the thing. I was trying to find women, too. And that's I feel. Oh, right. Women. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, There's a bit of a lull in this actor's filmography. uh, And then. There was a transition again, into, and this is a, similar to Michael Keaton, somebody that was known very much for comedy, had a couple eh, films not so big, and then transitioned into being serious, which was starting to get there, and then really took off hmm. after getting, you know recognition for this huge, you know award-winning film. Talking about the late 90s, I mean, early 90s, late 90s, when you look at what happened with Tom Hanks of going oh, from, sure. mm-hmm. you know, trying to do serious things like Punchline and then you get like the Burbs and Bonfire of the Vanities, but then 
Philadelphia just really launched a whole new wave for for Tom Hanks. And, mm-hmm. you know, after that, you get uh, the next year you get Forrest Gump. And I think those two things just set a, a whole renewed, you know, career for for Tom Hanks. And things were would never be the same <laughs> there after that for him or for the world. Yes. I like that's that. a good pick. I like that. Was yeah, he was he renewed that. though? No, but it was such. No, but it was such a know. course correction that it really it renewed. Was. It renewed him to superstardom. Yes, that's, that's a what good point. I would say because I that's think he right. was solid. You know, you look at things before that, and it's like, yeah, Big was. You know, yeah, I got a lot of recognition before that. You've got like Dragnet, The Money Pit, yep. Volunteers, The mon- Man with One Red Shoe. He's just you know, you got Splash and Bash. He's floundering around in this comedy with nothing that really you know to the point of then I'm going to take on this serious role and win an Oscar mm-hmm. for it in Philadelphia. Is I think yeah he. Yes, I, I know, Brian, he didn't fade. It was, it was a slow little, you know, couple rough spot for a couple years. Yes, I know. I love Joe versus the Volcano, but it's not one that a lot of people, you know, saw okay, and celebrate. Steve, Join well, our Steve, patron count to ten. and try to drive Stephen <laughs> insane over Discord. <laughs> for just $5 a month, you can see the vein pulse in his forehead. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mando. I fell into a real uh, theme for all of mine, and it makes me so happy. Betty White, Leslie Nielsen, and this last person was also on Golden Girls for one episode. Hmm. But she was a megastar in 50s MGM musicals, like Singing in the Rain. And she was the star of Tammy and the Bachelor. And... Her name is Debbie Reynolds. Oh, And then yeah. she really didn't make a movie for many, many right. years. And then yeah. Albert Brooks put her in uh, Mother, Mother, yes, in which oh, yeah. she is absolutely hilarious and heartbreaking. And I love that movie. And then she was in demand again. Then she yeah. was playing Grace's mom on Will and Grace. And her career had this whole late in life revival from Mother. Mother. And they were all on Golden Girls. I am... Amazing. You oh. are fantastic. <laughs> you are. You should put yourself last in a game. Oh, you did. Good work. <laughs> My last one was the one that I was actually thinking would be um, this uh, stolen by someone. Uh, I really wanted to roll the dice and, see, and put it last, but it's because his name happens to also work with the word Renaissance. Um, he was... He's doing a lot of bad movies where he's leaning up against a woman and he's like, gee, he can't figure out his life. And she's like, I'll figure you out and stuff. And everything was going very poorly. And then I'm not sure what to pick. Maybe Mud, maybe Killer Joe, a movie I desperately love, but certainly by uh, Byers Dallas Club. Dallas Byers Club? We'll never know. The McConaughey's. Uh, the yes. uh, Matthew McConaughey, famous for saying, all right, okay, oh, sure. He started an entire <laughs> resurgence. And uh, so I don't exactly know which one to pick, but now, you know, he's like super, even with Serenities uh, under his belt, because um, that wasn't good. Uh, he's, you know, had an enormous resurgence. So can I just sort of... Pick one. Okay. Uh, Mud Killer Joe. I'm going to say... We'll, well, I'll say Dallas Bias Club, da- Buyer Dallas Club, because he was not nominated for that. He won. 
He did? Uh, Amazing. Brian is saying something. Yes. Brian's saying it started with Magic Mike. It did not. (laughs) Well, okay, sure, Magic Mike. He said it started with Magic Mike. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he says. I don't know. Steve, did you have any backups? We had no steals. No, I, you know, actually, I, you know, I, like I said, I had thought about Michael Keaton, but, you know, that was it. And then um, the only other thing I had was, Possibly, and again, it's hard to say that it was like a renewal, but I feel like um, Point Break put Keanu Reeves on a trajectory that was different from things before that. But that's a bit of a story. I I had him as a backup, but I had it for speed. Because speed. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I know it was right after Point Break, but that seemed more of like a serious action and put Sandra Bullock also on there. True. Exactly. Um, Yep. I also had uh, Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool because yeah, even though he's okay. so beloved yeah. after Green Lantern, like he was rough. Um, yeah. And then I had Mickey Rourke in uh, playing Marv in oh, Sin City. In the, oh, okay. Oh. Uh, because, um, yeah, under heavy prosthetics. I would have thought The Wrestler, no? Yeah, but I think The rest. I think Sin City got him The Wrestler. Because he was just gone, gone, gone. And then he played uh, Marv, you know, who's like this wrecking house. He can get beaten up and beaten up and he never quits. I think that's why Aronofsky Mm -hmm. was like, hey, let's film this, but for serious. Yeah. In the wrestler. All right. Yeah. Um, Well, I had a a theme that I was going with before Leslie Nielsen inspired me. My original theme was funny old broads because... Uh, I had Betty White, Debbie Reynolds, and then Jane Fonda had not made a movie in years when they made Monster-in-Law with Jennifer Lopez. Oh, wow. Okay. And then everyone was like, Jane Fonda, she's still acting? And then she now is, you know, busier than ever. So, Do they like it when you call them funny old broads? God, I hope so, because I'm going to suggest we choose funny old broads for next week's list. Oh, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> that might be a little less insular than movies that Mandy will never watch. <laughs> that might be a little navel gazing. So, yeah, funny old broads. I'm fine with that. No, that, it, that works. And it comes off the Betty, Betty White, you know, topic. Right. Oh, that's that's the great. O- the other idea yeah. I had would be like, and this might have been done in the past, like, you know, comedic, funny actors, what was the Philadelphia for them or the, you know, or the Truman show for them oh, that made yeah. them turn that serious. All of a sudden the world yeah. took notice of them as serious actors. Actually, so that would be another possibility. Well, Andy sort of had that as the question of the day mm. today, uh, which I, which I just caught before we were, uh, he said some actors are largely known for one genre, but once in a while pop into other genres or have made a career shift to a completely different genre successfully. So I just saw that before we started recording. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, that's sort of the whole, uh, Tom Hanks thing I had going on there. So there's already a bunch of, top, yeah, Oh, look, Leslie Nielsen, Tom Hanks, Sandra Bullock, Will Ferrell. Yep. So So funny old broads or genre or major successful genre hopping. I say funny old broads. And then. Yeah, because if it's the topic of the day that it's already being discussed. Okay. Genre hopping. I I I say funny bold rods. Funny bold rods. Okay. Yep. Sterling. All right. (laughs) Okay, good. Funny old broads it is. (laughs) All right. So we did it. We, we did accomplished it. all of our goals. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about going on in the true story world? Steven? 
JJ and I are on hiatus planning the next season of Trailer Rewind, so we're reconfiguring the show a little bit, a little format shift, and then building out our sort of uh, little series of films. So we're going to tackle, you know, like two or three films around a certain topic and, you know, take take it that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're in the process of of discussing all of that. So hopefully later this spring, we'll get uh, the next season of Trailer Rewind. We'll start showing up in everybody's feeds. I would like to come join you on some of those like I do. We always love having anybody come and join us. So Tommy, you are all open door. You just barge on in. As long as you're not doing Memoria on there. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I have nothing to plug. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the man cave uh, tried to keep up with the holiday schedule, yep. but there was there was some COVID and there were some technical difficulties. But we should be back with a new episode uh, that we will record this coming week. So it should drop the week after that. We didn't officially take time off. There were just some things that got in our way. Yep. And that's all I got. Uh, Thank you to everyone for tuning in. And uh, Tommy and Steve, please go watch The Golden Girls. (laughs) On it. First, I'm going to watch Bachelor Tammy and whatever movie you're making up. (laughs) Brian, thank you for fact-checking us and keeping us honest. And until next time, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hondo. Yeah, Hondo. Hooray! Great work, Mandy! Awesome. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.